Hello and welcome back to Two Cents, the advice podcast co-hosted by me, Skylar Coffey, and me, Eli Lefkowitz. And today we have two very special guests. One of our guests loved the show so much that she decided to come back for a second time. Say hi, Abby. Hello. And one of our guests is a first-time caller and a long-time listener. Hey, love the reference. Nathan Chen, and Chen Republic himself. I can't believe that I'm somehow less qualified than than uh, anybody else on this call to be doing this podcast, and that includes you, Eli. I don't know about less qualified, man. Maybe in terms of relationship advice, but life advice in general, I think we're equally unqualified. Yeah, that's a fair take. Eli just invites people onto his podcast to nag them. This is untrue. I do that directly <laughs> to them, too. So if you want to submit your own question to the Two Cents gang, please check the link in the description. We get to each and every submission, every episode, so we can guarantee you on Nathan Chen's GPA that we will answer your question in the next episode. So without further ado... Let's get to the first submission. Sky, do you want to read it? So, the person who submitted this um, identifies himself as Michael Latouris. So what did Mr. Latouris say? What did he ask us? So, Mr. Latouris has said, My wife is expecting a baby boy in two months, and we are hotly discussing names. Recently, however, I discovered that her family has something of a bizarre tradition. All the firstborn men in the family have names ending in Awson. For example, Sawson, Dawson, Lawson, etc. She insists that we use the Awson ending, or I would be incredibly disrespectful to her family history. I think a kid named Blossom or Hawson would be mocked mercilessly in school. I want him to have a normal name. Should I refuse to budge and risk upsetting her family, or just cave and have a son with a dumbass name? Well, Mr. Latouris, I really appreciate your concern. This extremely real and legitimate scenario that is happening in your life. Mr. Latouris, you wouldn't want anyone with, no, with a dumbass name, wouldn't you? Given your own name. Say, I was going to say, this man does not have a leg to stand on in this case. Mr. Michael Latouris. I don't know, man. I think Dawson or Sawson Latouris kind of sounds, it kind of rolls off the tongue. If you catch my drift. Anyway, uh, Enchen, what do you think about this? Because I think, you know, part of me says you got to respect the tradition. You don't want to upset the in-laws, like, barely into this relationship, barely into this marriage. But another part of me says, you know, this kid will be mocked. But then if they don't find a name to mock, middle schoolers will find something else to mock. So I'm torn on this one. What do you think? You know, I think the traditions were probably uh, meant to be broken. And um, assuming that... Assuming that this is real in any way and not a prank, you you have to do what's in the best interest of your child. And so, uh, if that means if that means standing your ground and risking upsetting her family, then you have to do that. I can't. I, can't, I just can't get over the name Sawson. Yeah, like that's presented as one of the normal names. <laughs> I think about it. Okay, I saw someone on Facebook who, like, you know, they say people you may know. Someone named Krembert, which doesn't sound like it should be a real human's name. Sounds like something you would name a cow. Sorry to all Kremberts who are listening. Did you know him? I did not know this person, mm-hmm. although if any Kremberts want to hit me up, my messenger DMs are always open. 
So I apologize if I offended that group of people, but this sounds like the whitest tradition I've ever heard of. Aside from, you know, like calling the police on unarmed brown people. <laughs> aside from going through TSA checkpoints uh, without being screened. Aside from calling it Mangon Lassie and uh, Nan. <laughs> White people on this podcast are awful silent. <laughs> Your silence grows increasingly deafening. Can we talk about what the best name would be if it was to end in Austin? I mean, I like Sawson personally, but does anyone have any better ideas? Lawson. I think Lawson's a good name. They can't name them Dawson because Shane Dawson has tarnished that name forever. Yeah, like two months ago, Dawson would be fine. And now it's like, mmm. Even two months ago, I feel like there were problems with that man's long before that. That's true. That's true. <laughs> On a side note related to Shane Dawson, everyone knows people who are really into those YouTube like characters, whatever you want to call them, personalities in high school. What are those people, who are those people into now? Because every single one of them has been canceled. James Charles. I watched Shane Dawson in high school. I'll admit it. I feel like, I feel like being into YouTubers was kind of like a phase in, in a middle school just because like, I, and maybe like my freshman year of high school, but like, if it's your senior year of high school and you're spending a lot of time like subscribed to Shane Dawson, then I just feel sorry, honestly. Yeah, I I agree with that take. I feel like being into those YouTube personalities was, like, emblematic. Emblematic of some greater environment or um, phenomenon. That's what I was looking for. And kind of the same people who were really into YouTube in general during that 2013-2014 era have found other things to divert their attention and passion to and some of them are worthwhile and some of them are you know niche and kind of random but I think a lot of people have just moved on I think it's funny how our collective attention span has shortened to the point where 10-15 minute Shane Dawson videos are unwatchable personally I think they were always unwatchable and now we're watching like 30 second vines and those are the influencers my question is where do we go from here I don't think I don't think YouTuber culture has gone away. I think it's just people who are much younger than us. I think middle schoolers still watch a lot of you. That's true, but it's like different people. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and I'm out of the loop here. Who is the YouTuber now? Because uh, is it James Charles? But he got canceled too. It's like all those twins. There's so many twins on YouTube these days, and they all like the Dolan twins. I see them on like the YouTube front page. I never could. Yeah, there's many sets of twins I've noticed. It's also very confusing in that I feel that people on YouTube and then people on TikTok and even people on Facebook or Instagram, they're all influencers. And now, especially. If you're an influencer, it all just kind of gets converged into one thing. And so there are people who are super popular on YouTube who don't even necessarily consider themselves YouTubers or people who are extremely popular on TikTok who maybe don't even consider that platform essential in their rise or whatever because it's just all under the idea of the influencer who just extends their like talons into these different pools to gain more attention. I'm so far from that social network, man. It is, like, low-key spyware. No, it's high-key Chinese spyware. But uh, I've long since deleted it after trying to understand it for a couple weeks. But the algorithm, I felt like it was destroying me. Eli, you got 
some very interesting things on your TikTok algorithm that made me wonder about other things in your life. Let's move on. <laughs> no, my question is, what do you need on YouTube to achieve that clout? I mean, you need to be conventionally attractive, so check. You need to have, like, a fun, bubbly personality. And you need to be twins, apparently. So maybe me and Nathan can pretend to be twins and just blow up on the YouTube game. Bro, I'm, tell- I'm telling you, um... I'm telling you, it's it, it's really, I think, um, I think white people kind of, kind of that that helps you a lot in that arena. And I also want to point out that um, that stuff that people are laughing at on TikTok and Instagram, people we were laughing about that on Twitter three weeks ago. Just want to point that out, bro. There's a whole genre of TikToks where they just like look at tweets and read them out loud. Yeah, I've seen that. I'm like, it's just. Who watches that? Just go on Twitter. Cut out the middleman. It's people, it's like the audiobook version of, of tweets. You're getting, t- people are getting so brain mushy over quarantine that reading about 180 characters, whatever, 280 characters, is unbearable for them now. I sound like a boomer, don't I? You should make a tweet about that, Eli. I feel like that would pop off. I have a lot of great tweets in my drafts, but a lot of them will just never get out. Let's see him. Let's see him. Put him up on the screen. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Put your money where your mouth is. Can you tweet the thing I sent you last week about men's Tinder pictures and the vessel? I think that's so niche, but I think it could do numbers. You're right. You know what? I'll tweet that later. But then you're going to start feeding me multiple, like, numbers tweets. And I think it'll be a problem for you because you're going to want credit. And I'm not prepared to give that to you. This guy's your greatest ghostwriter. I know. I'm like uh, I'm like Drake. I have a lot of a lot of ghostwriters. It's only a matter of time before Drake made it into the pod. We're so far from the point now. But did you see that Drake had a whole line in Arabic on his last song? He couldn't try harder to like pander to brown kids now. Apparently, he just completely butchered the translation. Hey man, he knows his audience. It's comical, bro. He's trying so hard to be so many different things. Okay, here are the tweets that are in my drafts. Texts above 100 words should always be FaceTimes or phone calls. This is non-negotiable. I feel like that's a good point. Delete that one. Okay, fine. (laughs) Yeah, that one's not making the final cut. Oh, one of this was something that Abby uh, texted me and I was going to tweet it. And uh, (laughs) Just straight up stealing other people's ideas. (laughs) I texted her, if I bought you a Lin-Manuel Miranda lip bite face mask, would you wear it? And she texted me back, no... Heart emoji. And I, I texted her back how to cancel red bubble order. Loki, I feel like that would go niche because Abby has a lot of dedicated followers on Twitter. What are you talking about? I'm tweeting it. It's like two weeks out of date though. I love how I like didn't even do any heavy lifting in that text. but And yet you said it was something from me. I just said you no in a heart emoji. No, I just, this is pandering towards your fans on Twitter. I see. I'm going to save that in the draft. Maybe I'll put it out in a couple of weeks when uh, the likes are drying up. Another one is um, a picture of a... There was like this squirrel that was on a bird feeder outside my house. Okay, you know what? We can stop reading my uh, draft. Yeah, you can't, you can't just say that and then not tell us what it was. That's the rule. It's not going to be that good, man. It's a picture of like a squirrel on a bird feeder outside my house. And it says, this MF really thinks he's a bird. Not every tweet's going to be good, okay? <laughs> That shouldn't have even been a draft. That that was just awful. Sometimes I use the drafts just to I'm record sorry. my thoughts. <laughs> I gotta call it like I see it. Honestly, I'm gonna tweet that one out just to spite you people. What is it again? I just tweeted it, so go and look. 
it's a it's like a squirrel on a bird feeder and it says this mf really thinks he's a bird because he's on a bird feeder and he's a squirrel and usually birds use bird feeders oh my god does anyone need more explanation isn't this an advice podcast yeah sometimes okay so my advice to mr latoris is uh you should break up with your wife does anyone ever have anyone else have any closing notes on this one before we move on I, if, since it's clearly very difficult to think of any good, awesome names, I don't think that there's much validity in this tradition. Go with Lawson. Sawson, man. Sawson Latouris. If, if your name's Sawson Latouris, you can be a co-host on the next episode of Two Cents. That's my promise to you. Okay, let's move on to the next question. This one is a lot more serious. Yes, so let's shift the tone. If you were laughing, now please start crying. Nathan, you want to read this one? It's too many words for me. Why don't we split it up like we did, like popcorn reading? Read yeah, the first yeah. two paragraphs, yeah, Nathan. Yeah, man. All right, I'll take the first two paragraphs. My first proper relationship took place in high school. My boyfriend was 15 and I was 14. My boyfriend's mom had died a few years ago, presumably in his early teens, but I'd never asked. On one particularly memorable evening during the school festival, he gave me a bracelet that he said belonged to his mother. It's nothing fancy, just a bunch of wooden beads strung together, but it looked like it meant a lot to him. Abby, you want to take over? Yeah. I took it in the heat of the moment, and I wore it until he graduated, and we broke up. The thing is, it wasn't a nice breakup. There was a lot of anger, and I eventually cut off all contact with him. Now that it's been a while, the fact that I still have this bracelet is starting to weigh on my mind. I know it meant a lot to him, because you can't lie about something like that. And he was pretty serious when he gave it to me. I can't imagine he wouldn't like it back, given what it means to him. I'll finish it. I don't know if I should track him down online and figure out a way to get it back to him, because on the very slight off chance that he's forgotten about it, I might come across as the deranged and desperate ex that's holding a candle to a long-dead relationship. What do you guys think I should do? Sky, you want to start? Yeah, my opinion on this. Um, Obviously, this is really difficult and we don't know all the specifics about your relationship and what happened um and what happened when it ended I do definitely as someone who I comb over my past mistakes in my mind daily all the time it's kind of crushing but I definitely understand especially seeing something so physical having it really bother you that you do have it in your possession at least like, the way I feel, I don't feel that that's really an overreaction. I understand um, why you have a problem with it. Personally, what I would do in this situation is try to find a way to get it back to him without really alerting his attention to it. Try to contact maybe mutual friends who might know an address that you could ship it to or something of that nature I understand it could be very, very awkward and, again, might make you come across, like you were saying, as very strangely clingy or something if you just message him out of the blue to ask about it. But I think if you could maybe just do a little bit of digging or research on the Internet to see if, again, if there's a place you could mail it to or it's probably not even in college or at a job or something like that right now. Um, but again, like going through mutual friends or something like that to just like send it to him in, you know, an unmarked, not necessarily an unmarked box, but you don't need to attach a note or anything like you just 
figure out where it needs to go. You give it to him. He opens the box. It's a bracelet. Maybe he has forgotten about it, but now he has this really important token back with him. Um, I think that's the best way to go about it. And again, I think if hopefully if you are able to figure out where to send it, again, I don't think you need to include a note or anything. I think the important part is just getting it back to him. And clearly that's very important to you too. And I don't think that you should feel under any obligation to address your relationship at all. I agree, especially with that last point. I don't think that something like this, that it's a gesture of kindness in any way could be misconstrued as some kind of advance. And I think that physical mementos can be very, very valuable to people, especially when it concerns someone who's deceased and a loved one. So I really think that Sky's right. And the right move here is just mail it back. It doesn't have to be a big thing. You can just make it pretty low key. And worst case scenario, they've forgotten about it. And best case scenario, it, it means a ton to them. So I don't think there's a way that this could go wrong and it could be misconstrued. What do you think, Abby? I don't know. I feel like, I sort of feel like sending it back without like a note or anything is a little strange or like going through other people. I mean, that could come across like they don't really address like if they still like hate this person or like have lingering anger towards them. But that is what that would seem like to me to like go out of your way to like not contact you directly which like is fine if they are upset and don't mind coming across like that but if they don't want to come across that way I don't think like just in some way like contacting them saying hey I have this bracelet would you like it back I don't think that would be like out of line or anything like that I agree what do you think and Chen I, I definitely see where Abby's coming from. I think I think that's a pretty good point. But uh, I would want to point out that, like, again, if this is a true story, like, it kind of shows that you're a pretty sensitive person, and that even though there was a lot of anger in the moment that you that uh, you and your boy that you and your ex boyfriend broke up, um, and and you cut off a lot of contact, some time has passed, and maybe and I'm not sure how I'm not sure if he still holds on to all that anger and like and that dysfunction but um but it's pretty clear to me that even if you don't contact him uh yourself you're you still like think of him as you know think of him as someone that's sort of um worthy of this very personal keepsake so i think that it would be fine to send this even with a note just just letting just letting him know that like this is something that he should have and then um, if you don't want to keep in contact after that, that's fine too, but, uh, some time has passed, and so maybe, so maybe some of that anger has been let go. Certainly, and I think in the case that you don't have any mutual friends, maybe a good way to go about this is just message them on LinkedIn or something so they know it's professional and not personal. No. No, that was terrible. LinkedIn is a good idea. <laughs> You're going to slide into their Instagram DMs to give them their, their their dead mother's bracelet? I don't think that seems... The optics of that are poor. <laughs> and the optics of the LinkedIn DM are better. LinkedIn is professional. This is a professional encounter. I just want to make sure that the audience knows that what I said and then what Eli piggybacked off me are two very, very different ideas. Like, I did not have the intention of um, advising this person to message their uh, ex-boyfriend over LinkedIn. Okay, if we okay, assuming they don't have any mutual friends, what is the best means of communication? 
Messenger is iffy and people don't even check it. You know, Instagram DMs, Snapchat, don't even consider it. It's too serious or something like this. Instagram DMs would be fine if they're not private. I don't know, man. The only Instagram DMs I get are from those like porn bots. So I just have an aversion to that entire platform. But maybe that's just me. Yeah, that is just you. <laughs> I think Leisure has had a similar experience to you. That tweet about uh, this MF really thinks he's a bird, it's doing numbers. So all you haters... Are you serious? Yeah, it's doing massive numbers. That's Cap. It smells like Cap City up in here. It's doing, like, Drake tweet numbers. Two likes. It has eight views. That's really good numbers for nine minutes. And now now that Abby's going to like it, it's going to have three likes. I'm not going to like it. I will comment on it, though. Drop Abby, drop a reply so that um, so that we can ratio him. No, no, no. Drop a reply like, wow, <laughs> this is a really nice tweet. That would be a good reply. Nothing negative, please. I don't respond well to criticism. <laughs> Moving on. What's the next prompt? Sky, take it away. Oh, wait, we didn't receive any more responses. Good work, team. Let me add a little one from the top and see if I can try to come up with a realistic scenario. Okay, here we go. Uh, here, we have another submission from someone named um, Joe. He says that he has a bird feeder and it keeps getting overwhelmed by squirrels. So what would you recommend doing? Who gave you a podcast? Who okayed this? I gave myself a podcast. They, they, they just give these things out for free. I know. This is the voice. They Anybody can get a podcast. There could be a podcast where I just probably like scream for 30 minutes. That's the joy of the voice. And if any freshmen, incoming freshmen are listening, please do join the voice. Sky, can you do like a 30 second plug for the voice? The voice is a really, really cool organization. It's a great space to just write about what you are passionate about. It's a really great way to kind of hone your writing skills um, and get experience writing about things that you might not normally write about. Um, but also, again, when I said, like, gaining skills that you can definitely use in the academic side of things. You might know that you want to go into journalism. You might be completely disinterested in it and know what other career you want to pursue. But either way, there are a lot of advantages to writing for the newspaper and it's not just all like campus news or gossip even if you're into that that is awesome and you should definitely definitely write for a news section but again like abby and i we do leisure so if you just want to write about cool albums that you like or movies you should do that nathan does sports so if you're really passionate about georgetown sports or just professional sports in general be great our design team is super cool and they'll teach you how to do a bunch of graphic design things you don't really need a lot of experience if you just want a podcast you can probably just get a podcast um and there are but i'm sure i'm leaving out a section but oh oh my god opinion yeah opinion if you want a platform to share your important experiences and ideas write for voices or a cool cool group of people as evidenced by this podcast right here yeah, cool. I think The Voice has yeah. been home to some of the best and brightest minds that I've met at Georgetown. And I think it's a really great place to explore your own writing skills and challenge your own ideas. So if you're interested, you can uh, Twitter DM Nathan Chen, <laughs> the editor-in-chief of The Voice. <laughs> I'll redirect I'll redirect that uh I'll I'll redirect those requests to the actual editor-in-chief of of uh, the voice, my good friend and roommate Ethan Cantrell. We had a constitutional. We had a constitutional rule that uh, that that changed things up. But uh, only a couple people, only a couple people were made aware, including uh, now everyone in this call. 
Yes, and um, also respect to halftime sports editor Katie Randolph. We respect you and we revere you. Respect. Well, I think that just about wraps it up. Did we give out any good advice on this podcast? Questionable. You know, nobody ever follows up, which makes me concerned. Sometimes I think they harbor their anger and internalize it, but we want you to externalize it. Write another one, write a letter to us, and we'll shut down the podcast if we have to. Pretty impressive to have a 0% success rate. Yeah, that's true. That's what my uh, professor in Buddhism said after the midterm. Beating up on Eli is one of my favorite pastimes, I can't lie. And I think everybody else here would say the same. (laughs) Eli just beats up on himself. (laughs) I was beating up on myself. Oh, we have to do the shout-outs at the end of every episode. I can rattle some off. Um, Shout-out Dr. Anthony Fauci, who delivered a beautiful first pitch the other day. Hey, hey man, it's on bread. It's on bread. I I just want to point out that Dr. Fauci has not wanted anybody to catch anything, and he's always talked about social distancing. Man, it's it's his brand. It's his brand. He's done a great job. That's funny, but it's stolen. He stole that. Twitter thief. I didn't lie, I just stole, that's all. Bro, uh, like, British people be like, I didn't lie, I just, I just stole culture and spices. Hey, at least I used the joke that I stole. The British did not use the spices, man. This is true. Yo, white people are going to be in shambles after this episode. <laughs> white people are in this call. People forget. Okay, shout out to um, brown people. Uh, shout out to Aubrey Graham, also known as Drake. I got a shout out for you. Shout out to Joanna Cespedes, who, um, who at one point during this season had the longest active home run streak with three. Shout out to Anna Sophia Neal, our podcast editor. Thank you for listening to <laughs> to sets. Tune in next time. Bye. Thank you guys.